1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: It's Monday on DGS. Dave out for uh, the rest of 2023. Not on the injured list, just using up the vacation days, having a good time, relaxing. I'm sure he's listening to us every day, I would imagine.
3: Yeah, you for think?
2: sure. Rach, you guys know him longer than I am. I'm think sure he's, he's just
4: sitting at home twiddling his thumbs Hi, listening mm-hmm. to the show.
2: He's like, I can't wait <laughs> to hear yeah. what they all say.
4: <laughs> he's like, let me in there. I got something to say.
2: <laughs> so no Dave, no Ronge today. Ron- is Ronge, Amy, is Ronge doing the uh, the early Christmas with the Chicago family?
3: I guess so. Who knows? I don't know. He's allegedly back Wednesday. Okay. That's I good. Think.
2: When, did he- when was he out? Was he out like Friday? Four
3: years ago, I think. Four years <laughs> ago. Um, he- you do
2: look a lot less stressed.
3: I know. Someone said I'm really like I've been happier, and smiling more. That's a bad
2: sign. Because <laughs> you don't have anybody walking in like morning butthole.
3: I know. Seriously, I do think um, it's been delightful. He, uh, Thursday was his last day that he was here.
2: Okay, that's right. That's right. And you were not, what, part, days no, last wait, week? No, wait,
3: that's right. No, we haven't been together in like a week and a half or two weeks right, like on the show. We have yeah, yeah. been together on the so, show. So,
2: so there's something going on then, right?
3: I think so. I think there's a rift <laughs> between us.
2: Well, I mean, that's been there since day one.
5: Yeah, right? I think
2: anyone on earth could tell
5: you that. I think any single person alive I, right now in St. Louis I could like say. I like to think
3: we're apart because we're fighting. It makes no. it more exciting.
2: I mean, you, that's what makes you guys good, though. I'm not going to lie. I kind of lo- I that's my favorite part about the two of you guys. Him
3: being the worst. You're just
2: the opposite. Well, yeah. no. You guys are both bad in different ways.
3: Okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you're like the odd uh, yeah, you're the odd God couple. Get said that in the, looking into
6: your eyes. eyes. I know. <laughs> wow.
2: I'm like you're bad. bad you're bad
3: in different bad. ways.
2: No, that's not to imply that you guys are worse than any of us.
3: Okay, We're none all of this bad. is well, a flattering description. I'm not description. bad.
2: You're bad. I'm not bad. <laughs> you are. You're so you low.
3: might be the worst of the, all of the us. The only
2: person who is not is rage.
3: I, now, come
5: on.
4: That's so... I know. No. I always escape. It's, it's just unfair. because I'm, I'm the quiet one. That I always be. escape all the criticism, that which I, I'm not complaining about. So That may be yeah. true,
2: but the rest of us are bad. Not in an evil way. Just We got our things.
3: I think here's the deal. On the air, four hours a day. So... You say a lot of things. You sure do. You opine on (laughs) a lot of things, right? I think we're average.
5: Every day I go (laughs) I think when you total us out we're average. Average. I have a long commute home every day and every day I drive home thinking like, Boy, I really said all that stuff. (laughs) I just I said so many and then I go home and then, you know, I go over and I visit my parents or whatever and they're like, We heard all that stuff you said about us and I'm like, Well, you know Do you really do that? Gotta fill the time somehow. Do you really do that driving home? Thinking about all the things you just said? Oh yeah, I'll be like, Man, did I really uh, I really let that slip to the hole? (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> do you Same do that any audience? Like when well, you leave here at the end of the day are you like replaying the 4 hours on
3: the air? Yeah, I'm getting better at it. It used to be crippling. Like I would I would listen to everything. Go back and listen to everything and what did I say What if that came off wrong? How could that be taken out of context? You can't do that. You
5: just have to go like, whatever, it's fine.
3: Yeah, I've gotten better.
2: (laughs) Do you do that reach
3: too? I'm learning learning from Ranji not to care.
4: Yes! (laughs) It's a good lesson, man. I don't don't dwell on it. Um, If I let myself think about it, then I do get upset. And I'm like, what am I doing for a living? This is (laughs) insane. (laughs) Who would do this? Uh, So yeah, I just try not to think about it that much. But
3: I will say, a good way, uh, I really felt... Happy after listening to your Hardys Operation Food Search Day when it was like walking down memory lane and all the fun things. And I guess this is end of the year sentimentality, but it's pretty crazy to be on KMOX. And like you said, you can take in the negative side of talking politics or whatever. But at the end of the day, this is so much fun.
2: I mean, that's why I'm here. Yeah, it's
3: where it's it's. A blast. And it's KMOX. Like I yeah. know uh, Glover will talk about that and when you guys were talking about all the memories of Tom Turbrock. That you guys had some funny stories. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. that was a good time. It was cool to see Tom. Uh, about being on KMOX,
4: I get more nervous on this radio station than, I mean, you could throw me on anywhere else and I'd be like, okay, I, I'm pretty comfortable. There's something about KMOX I don't want to disappoint the audience. <laughs> so I do kind of <laughs> second guess myself a little bit more here than I did like when I, when we were on 97.1, I was extremely comfortable. And I'm not saying like, oh, KMOX makes me feel uncomfortable. I'm not saying that. I just, I have this thing where I'm like, I'm, I'm on this like super important radio station. I don't want to be the one like besmirching it right now. So
3: Oh, it's been besmirched.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was besmirched well before yeah, any of us got here at times. Right. Good point. Good point. Because nothing. This is something I, I think later this hour I want to get into a little bit. Amy, you guys were talking about it related to politics. You and Michael mm-hmm. earlier today about the push and pull of how politics have gone over the course of mm-hmm. you know the last fifty years or whatever. Um, and I, I have a piece of audio we'll play for that later on. But people always do that when it comes to anything that's got a legacy whether it's a radio station like Camel X or it's uh, the Cardinals or a band that you love is it's there's always this comparison to an ideal past that probably didn't feel ideal in that moment. Why do you guys think the past always feels better than the present? Hmm. It doesn't, I don't think it always does to everyone, but you hear this so much. Mm -hmm. Everything was better when, and I think my answer to that is everything was better when you were younger. Because everything seems cooler. You were less exposed to everything that you're exposed to in your life. And so you'll hear what what you will look at a team, a sport, uh, the movie industry, really whatever it is. There's just this huge movement. And it certainly isn't everybody because there are people that are pushing to change things and do new things. Well, but there's this there, there seems to be a very strong desire to go back to the past when. In the moment, it, it didn't have that vibe. There were people then that were longing for the good old days that were before that.
3: Well, I think because part of it is there's always the allure of what you can't have, whether you're looking forward, you're looking currently or wherever. But the past is something that you can't have. It's gone. You already had it. So when you are looking at what you have, we tend to focus on the negative. Oh, like... I wish I had this and this. And so you look at the back the past. You're not focusing on the negative when you look at the past. You're focusing on the positive things that you still wish you had. Um, So there's some of that. And the stress of the present could be, how are you feeling that day? Uh, Do you remember or do you know right now what are you still worried about? What are other complicating factors? Well, when it's a memory, you're not in the stressful situation. You're only seeing that it worked out that you laughed, that you had some good times. But this is like an ancient, uh, it's, it's human nature because even like in the Bible, right? When the uh, the Hebrew, the Israelites, the Hebrews were, they were wandering through the desert. So they had escaped slavery, but they're wandering through the desert and they're struggling for food. They were longing for the days in Egypt. And Moses was like, wait a minute, you were in slavery in Egypt. Those weren't the good old days. So we always have rose-colored glasses when we look in the past. Mm-hmm.
2: I, and I, I get it. Like, I mean, it makes sense because you're going to, the things that stand out to you are not going to be, I mean, unless there's something terrible, right? Because terrible things can be, can stand out as well. You know, people that went to war, they're not going to forget that, right? They're not going to forget the terrible things that happened there and it's going to influence the future, but that's not a longing for, that's actually a thing you want to get away from. Um, I just, I'm always surprised that we don't apply our filters better when we have those conversations, because we know, we all know what you just said. Mm-hmm. We all know that that time in the past wasn't always ha-ha, happy, joy, joy. There were bad things, too, and things you didn't like. Times where you were stressed or unhappy or scared or whatever. But we ignore those things. And I think the biggest part of it is, see if you guys agree, I think it's because people are always scared of what's going to change. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know what it is. The thing that's in the past that was bad is a known. It's, mm-hmm. the, it's the known versus the unknown. And it's funny because in this audio that we'll play, maybe we'll do it in the next segment. The audio I have is about that tension between those two minded types of people, the people that always want to push, 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 push forward. And the others that are like, oh, let's go backwards. We not 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 just hold now, but we want to go back to something before. Do you think maybe that's necessary to have both?
4: Hmm. I don't know if it's necessary but I do think that it has has always exist. I mean yeah, I mean I think that tension what kind of like what would our political landscape look like if that wasn't the two political parties basically. You have people trying to push 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 and then people who are like literally like hey, let's make America great again like it was in the past. It's you kind of need that tension. Um I yeah, I'm just having a hard time imagining what the political world would look like if those weren't the two push and pull things.
3: I, th- I think in, I think MAGA and all of that has changed the dynamic of what the Republican Party is, which was historically the conservative party, but is no longer the conservative party. It's not really conservative. So you're having two aggressive parties now moving in opposite directions, uh, or I should say moving in the same aggressive direction, but just veering off versus an equal pull, like a tug of war. Because if you think of There's this analogy, I talked about this earlier, of Chesterton's fence, and you see a find a fence in the woods, and conservatives will walk up to the fence and say, okay, well, there's a fence here. I don't know why it's here. I can't see a purpose for it, but somebody built it for a reason. Let's try to see why it was built and if it's serving its purpose. Progressives walk up to a fence and go, why is there a fence here? There's no reason for this now. This is old. Let's knock it down. And so those are two, I mean, it's an analogy. Take it with a grain of salt, but progressives tend to bulldoze forward conservatives, as William F. Buckley said, stand athwart history yelling stop. That's a healthy push-pull because that's a pretty moderate, slow-moving, sometimes faster, sometimes slower uh, evolution of a democracy. But if you have two very aggressive parties, both of which want to bulldoze the fence, but for opposite reasons, that's when you get into trouble.
2: All right, so let's just play this audio now. It's pretty short, but this is um, he's a college professor, he's an author, his name is Roy Casagranda, and he just does lectures about history as it relates to the present and the way societies do things. And I just actually saw this just last night, which is why I brought that up. But this is him describing this condition that we're talking about, but over a much larger span of time than we're discussing.
6: There are two forces throughout history that have shaped every single civilization without exception. And those two forces don't like each other, they're, they're in conflict with one another. They clash. The first force is the innovative force. The innovative force is the force that believes that the only way to greet the future is through change. It likes change. It seeks out change. It's a very dangerous force, especially when it's unleashed and there's no counterbalance to it because it'll tear up culture and it'll change traditions and it changes identities and it asks uncomfortable questions. By contrast, the other force is the preserving force. The preserving force wants to not just lock things in place in this moment. It actually almost always has some amazing event from the past that it looks to as the model not just for the present, but for the future as well. In other words, there's some moment in the past that the preserving force says, this is what we should be doing. I can't believe we're doing what we're doing. What we're doing right now is wrong. The innovative forces have gotten out of control. The problem is, as our species, at least for the last 12,000 years, has steadily kept changing the amount of technology available. In other words, whether we want to or not, we have been in a state of constant change for 12,000 years. At the tw- it, looking at it in that
2: perspective doesn't it make it seem small kind of that what what we fight about or what we're what we're pushing and pulling about a lot of times now that this has been the constant human state essentially since we all decided we're going to live together right
3: yeah i mean i don't know i I didn't really agree with his definition of the preserving force unless he's talking about something that I need more context. It's just an
2: oversimplification of the idea. Yeah, it's an oversimplification
3: idea. because, like, one defining event, I can't believe we're not doing that. No, it's, it's more just moderation. But the, here's the thing. You can look at centuries or millennia and say, yeah, these decisions are small. The, the, the problem is a decision about a political philosophy – is a big deal when it, for instance, changes a country like Russia or like China into a communist country. The Great Leap Forward killed 40 million people. That was a political philosophy that people were arguing about. So, yeah, some there are some technological changes that, like with cars, we can evolve. But with ideas, with ideologies, with our very uh, foundational principles on the value of human life and the rights of the individual those are revolutionary
2: I think the, the part that I took the thing I take out of it is that without the back and forth though you can't grow
3: yeah you, you need can't push back
2: you need you like as he points out you need that preserving force to rein mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. that innovative force because if they get to just keep going and going and going well then you, you things can get out of hand 100%. but at the same time if that per- preserving force doesn't allow any change forward, then you're not going anywhere. You're not gaining any ground. So if it sucks for you now, it sucks for you forever. And I think that's a fascinating thing that maybe this is a form of competition that has created growth over 12,000 or more years, and it just has to be this way. That's how we are, and it's why we've survived and advanced as far as we have. The tension, the back and forth, the push and the pull.
3: Are you talking about an America or just, just, as, didn't, a just didn't in a, as a species.
2: This is why we beat everyone else because we have those two things yeah. to regulate each other.
3: Yeah. Big scale. I think there's some of that small scale. I think that's one reason why America looks uh, like it's the wheels are falling off in some ways because both parties, instead of having the push and pull, they're both innovating in different directions. <laughs>
2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. That's Monday on DGS. Amy hanging out for our crossover hour. Ranji is off in the wilderness somewhere mm-hmm. or on a bar crawl. Is that, is that what he's on?
3: Probably the wilderness of all the Christmas bars. Oh, I think it was is this that what they're doing? Last year. He does this every
2: year with his friends. He yeah, does. Yeah, he goes and like lives in a bar for two weeks. A bar? Yeah. No, it's more than one. They think they go from one to the next. I think it's the same one. Oh, is it? Okay,
3: I'm kind of on Andrew's side. Yeah? Uh, Ronge always insists that there are multiple bars all decorated for Christmas. I'm kind of on Andrew's side that they all look like the same bar.
5: They all look the same.
3: Yeah. I think it might be one I bar. Mean, it's a long bar crawl. Most of I those last say, like yeah. a day. <laughs> no, <laughs> around like day well, five it takes here. a long time well, when you're literally <laughs> crawling on the ground my to the next bar. My <laughs>
2: understanding is that Ronge and, and the Chicago buddies that he has, they are uh, the bar crawling equivalent of you as a runner.
3: Oh, I believe they're not
2: it. sprinters. They're no. in it for the long He's haul.
3: He's elite. He <laughs> is an elite <laughs> bar crawler.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you guys ever? Have you ever done like a like that? That just bar crawl all day.
4: Yeah, I have. Um, I'm not a big fan of drinking all day because I just get tired. I, I'm not one of those people who are like, I had a blast the whole day. I, <laughs> around like 1 o'clock, I'm like, all right, can we go take a nap or something? Or I just want some food. <laughs> got to have a
2: break in the middle, right?
4: Yeah, so I've only done it. A, it's not super appealing to me. I've only done it like once or twice.
2: Andrew? Uh, no, not no. I'm no, I'm not a big fan. I mean, I'm not a drinker, so it's not like I'm going to be like, hey, right. let's go bar to bar to bar to bar. I, I mean, I've done all day things where you go to like a festival or a mm. uh, theme park or whatever where you're constantly doing one other one thing after the other but never just in that way
3: i've done like a four bar bar crawl but i did that at a time when i didn't drink alcohol at all so i didn't have anything to drink but there were enough people where it was okay There were i don't know how many people it was a friend he had an annual flag day bar crawl so june 14th and um he or the 15th, 14th or 15th, whatever flag day is. And he, he, everyone would dress up in it looked like Fourth of July, their most patriotic outfits. We had flags. And then like Christmas carolers, he would have patriotic songs printed out. And we would this was in Soulard and Lafayette Square. So all around Soulard and Lafayette Square, which is very scenic, by the way, especially when you're singing patriotic songs. You have all the red brick uh, stone townhomes. And we would sing patriotic songs. It was hilarious. We'd go to a bar. And I want to say we went to like four bars. One, I wasn't drinking. And two, I think our group was too big. So the bars were like, you can't come in here. So then it just turned into (laughs) us going to a bar crawl to find a bar that would let us in. Hmm. It was pretty fun, though. He did this every year.
2: Now that I'm thinking about it, I think I did it that what we would consider a bar crawl. I think I've done it once. It was my brother's bachelor party. We're in D.C. We started at the top of the Mm -hmm. W Hotel. Looking out over I think it's the White House and I, you could see everything from the rooftop there and then there was a there was like a beer garden and there was a whiskey bar where it was like the, it was it looked like a giant library except it was all whiskey bottles It was like ridiculous yeah. I mean, thousands of different bottles of whiskey and I don't drink any of it, so I'm just sitting there like
1: mm. uh
2: let's see what else did we hit oh we had a speakeasy also. Like one of those little yeah. you, ooh, fancy. There's no sign on the door. You only get in if you know it's there. You're never gonna just go. You only walk get in, in, in the if street. you're cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, I don't know. They let us in, so it can't be that. <laughs> they la found
3: la. it. And I kept thinking <laughs>
2: the whole time, it's like we could have just picked one of these places and posted up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Between. But but it's, the-
4: I will say when you are out drinking, there is something about the, the idea of a second location. It gets the Could people be excited. Yeah. It's like, well, let's see. It's like it's you gotta progress yeah. forward and then you have the people like you that just wanna stay back preserve. and conserve.
2: Just <laughs> we're in a good place,
7: let's not leave it. <laughs>
2: All right, Monday on DGS. Rachel is here. Andrew is here. Wheeler is here. I don't know why I talked about myself in the third person. Amy is here. Uh, Dave is not. Ron's is not. Ron's will be back midweek. Dave will be back next year. Um, you guys uh, are you guys big uh, planners for holidays? Do you like does there a lot of stuff you gotta do, like gotta lock this down, gotta do this? Obviously we all have different plans, right? Some I'm, I'm not for the first time in ever, I'm not traveling, so this is gonna be weird to me to just be like chilling around the house as opposed to like going somewhere. But do you guys do, do you have a, like a lot of crap still to accomplish? Is there a long mm. list of things?
4: Nope. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. See you tomorrow. Uh,
2: I have worked very hard
5: in my life to not do stuff like that. I have <laughs> built my life around uh, not having to make things like big holiday plans.
2: But like I'm talking about getting presents bought. Yeah. Like-
5: now I like to do the, all that a healthy level of ahead of time. You know what I mean? Mm. In fact, sometimes I will forget. uh, uh, I have a, a Christmas gift for Rachel from a year ago. Oh, wow. That I forgot to give her last year. And I will probably, if I can find it, I will give it to her this year. Ooh, exciting! It's somewhere in my house. So exciting! Because no, it's not in the car. It's in the house somewhere. But I will, because I will buy gifts in like June when I think of them, mm-hmm. and then like when Christmas comes, it's like, oh yeah, that's right. Like suddenly mm-hmm. in February, I found this thing. I'm like, what the hell is this? Oh yeah, <laughs> I
3: we have a we have a lot going on. Uh, Mason jar, the jar family, and I I have it's always just been me, like literally just me as an adult. So I would just go to my parents and my mom and dad. They would make dinner and all of that. So I didn't really host anyone at my apartment. Now being part of the JAR family, we do have more things to go to with kids and extended family. It's so much fun and, and even like hosting people and all of the planning – all of the shopping and making sure everybody's where they need to be is on the shoulders of Mason jar who somehow like, handles it and is not stressed at all. Like, it's just, it's the perfect combination of he can get things done, but it's also not a stressy thing because you know, there's kind of the cliche of like, Oh, grandma's, you know, losing your mind because everyone's coming <laughs> over <laughs> and he's not, he's like perfectly calm. So then I'm calm. Granted, I, I am kind of like a fourth child in that sense. Like, where do, where should I go? What do you want me to carry? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me where to show up. What Tell me where can to show I do? Up. Yeah, like, can you guys hang out? <laughs> I'm, I think so. <laughs> let me let me check the schedule. So, yes, there's a lot going on, but I can't take credit for being able to manage it. Yeah. Mason Jar does all of that. How about you guys? Um
4: I have gotten most of my stuff done. I still have like some gift cards and stuff to pick up and I have a a candy order from Crown Candy Kitchen that I must nice. pick up in the next couple of days cuz to me that is like Christmas time is giving like you. giving that out like with a card is a yeah. really good gift. Um, but no, I, I'm kind of like Andrew. I like to plan in advance as much as I can. Uh, but now that we're down to the wire, there are certain things like I have to decide what I'm going to bring to my mom's Christmas Eve dinner. And that is still up in the air and that's stressing me out a little bit, but the big stuff is done. Yeah.
2: So the reason I bring, I brought this up is like, I feel like everywhere you go and you see somebody, you know, or you're. What, whatever, like, you're going to get a haircut or you're at, you're at a store and you, you like, I, I go to the same QT and I see the same people there. And you get people are like, you ready? Mm-hmm. You ready for the holidays? I'm like, well, if you're not hosting a big party, there's not much to get ready. Well, You're, you're just s- buying presents for people. Mm. I mean, if you're hosting a big party, you got a lot of things to do. You got to clean the house. You got to make sure nobody can see the dust bunnies in the corner. You got to make it look like it never, ever really looks because nobody's house is ever always that clean i'm
4: gonna go out on a limb here and say maybe your wife would have a different (laughs) because you are the husband so if we're we're being stereotypical she's probably handling more stuff than you realize she's i mean she
2: does more of the like she'll buy the stuff the presents for my daughter Mm -hmm. because she knows more what she wants and knows that i'm bad at getting things done on time so doing it that way is easy but when it comes to the other stuff, we don't really have much. Like this year, because we're not hosting a big gathering, it's just mm-hmm. going to be four of us, there's not a lot of big planning. We just had to decide, what do we want to eat? Okay, we'll eat that on that day. What do you want to eat the next day? We'll eat that the mm. next day. And that's about it for the planning this year. Which And normally, our planning is planning a trip. You know, when are we leaving? What days are we taking off? What path are we going to Atlanta? Are we going to Michigan? Are we going to Florida? I mean, like that because our family's in all of those areas, or Chicago. So that typically is the only planning because we're not hosting. I feel like if you're not hosting the big gathering, it's a lot less of a burden.
3: Yeah, although it also depends on the stage of life that you're in. If you have little kids and multiple little kids or younger kids buying all the gifts, hiding the gifts, wrapping the gifts, making sure, even like putting up Christmas decorations in the house or getting everything out for the tree and knowing you have to pack it back up again. I know for my parents— When I was little, not only did they buy for the kids, but we bought for the aunts and the uncles and the cousins. Yeah. It was an enormous deal. And all of our family, both sides of the family were in St. Louis, plus extended family, just like Germans who showed up in St. Louis and everyone was there. And so we would have a Christmas Eve at my dad's side, then Christmas morning, you know, in our house, and then Christmas day at my mom's side, and then Christmas night at my dad's mom's side, and then the next day at my dad's dad's side. And it was, I know for my mom, it was chaos, just the presents and the gifting. And like, I bring one dish to each thing and making sure you're responding. So even though they weren't hosting, the logistics were ridiculous. Mm. (laughs) <laughs> what we That just seems like
2: I mean that seems like not usual.
3: <laughs> no, I would maybe say it, maybe St. Louis. it is. Maybe it is. I think St. Louis, maybe not in other cities, but so many families from Saint Louis are from Saint yeah. Louis. It was like that when I was growing up
4: too. Um it was like my grand, my grandma, and my mom's side at one point on Christmas Eve. Then mm-hmm. the grandma on my dad's side. Then you know we were like all over the place all the time. So I get what you It's saying. interesting
2: because it, it, I think that's just the nature of of like all three of you guys still live in the general yes. area where mm-hmm. your families are. Where like I haven't lived where either where my families have been in a long time. Like the last time yeah. I was in the same city as even one of our families was 17 years ago. And before that, it was always one or the other that I lived near, whether not, like my wife's family is, is all in Chicago and we lived there for 12 years or something like that. So we had that one, but we never had both on the same holiday. We never had mm-hmm. like we talked about the double Thanksgiving. We never once had to do that. It was mm-hmm. never even a thing because we've always been separated by that. And it's even that way, obviously, now because we always have to travel if we're going to do the big thing. So maybe that's. Maybe that's just the difference of having everyone in the same mm-hmm. place, which I don't. Is that no? I wonder which is more normal
3: in St. Louis. It's more normal to have everyone have here. everyone
2: that's in, in the same sexy place. Sexy
3: cities like New York and Miami. A lot of times, no, that's not how it is. Or Denver, like
2: Detroit, or
3: Detroit. But no, <laughs> the <St>. sexy cities. W- <laughs> St. Louis's have been. I mean, they're kind of. That's why people, when they move here from other towns, they say we're kind of clicky because we all have our friends from high school or grade school. That's why St. Louis is so cliched and it's, hey, where'd you go to high school? No other city would ask that because everyone's from everywhere and they go to college and they move around. But in St. Louis, we're all here. We're yeah. here.
2: Can't
5: leave and no one comes here.
2: I'm trying to, I'm thinking about like just a, like all of my our friend groups, right? We've got a friend group in Chicago. Well, all of them are like what you're describing here they and their spouses mm-hmm. were from chicago that you know that suburban area where we were so everything's there I, A good number of my high school friends from the detroit area have the same thing so i wonder if it's just there are people that end up like me and maybe we are the smaller number where you just end up scattering like you're not there's no like center where everybody is we just you know after going to college i went well this is where the next place is and then mm-hmm. this is where the next place is
4: it's so funny. I, I've never considered moving away from my family ever. Yeah. Really? And I think a lot mm-hmm. of people who live here feel that way, too. I, I just think it's just and I I, th- I think it's awesome that you've made your career and you've lived in a bunch of different places. And I've never had, you know, no yeah, one's ever yeah. come to me and been like, move to Los Angeles. And I'm like, oh, no, I shan't be doing that. <laughs> but I, I've just never thought yeah. about it. It's mm-hmm. just always been my mindset of like, yeah, this is where I live.
2: It's interesting because yeah. I never th- I never thought of it the other way either. I was never like, well, I'm not living here. Uh-huh. I was just like, well, I know I want to go away for college. Like, I want to get away from everybody for that period of time. And then after that, the momentum just goes, right? So for us, I should probably, I'll mention this today, but for us, we after college, we're like, well, we're going to move back to Chicago because that's where my wife's family is from and we were already planning the wedding. Like, we, had, we knew we got engaged mm-hmm. before senior year. So we knew that that was going to be, and by the way, today. 29th anniversary. Oh.
3: So happy wow. anniversary happy anniversary.
2: But that that like the that wasn't really like a planned thing. It's like, okay, this makes sense because this is what's next. Mm-hmm. And then you end up staying there for a while. And then this whole thing came possible became a possibility to come to St. Louis. It was just, it's just interesting how that plays, where you not, know, you don't, you don't, I don't think people plan, or maybe some do, plan to just not be in that one place or just make an active decision. I need I want to leave. More, it's more of just kind of the step-by-step, step. like one thing hmm. led to another, and I think that's an interesting difference. Because when Did I was you? a kid, we had a huge family in Michigan, right? My dad's one of 10. So cousins and uncles and aunts and everybody, I mean, this massive thing. And then my mom's family was smaller, but they were all out east. They were all out in Pennsylvania. So it was not like everybody in the same place at the same time. I wonder if that's just, I don't know. I wonder if it's random or if you just pick up on things when you're a kid and you just end up doing them.
4: I'm probably a little bit of both, and I'm also guessing with your personality, you're just so very like, well, that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. So it's like,
5: <laughs> yeah. I'm but gonna like, move. Yep, that's much <laughs> everybody can is. just
4: get used to it. Did you ever think
5: about trying to go back to uh, Detroit? I, I, I would, like. Did you ever yeah. try and prioritize going back, and mm. then it just didn't work out?
2: I mean, there was a period of time. So like after. Uh, this I was, when I was at sporting news radio was my first job and I was there 10 years. And then when they said, uh, we're not bringing you back, we're going to pay someone less money to take your job. Uh, the, when I was in that free agent mode, I did look at it. I mean, it was like one mm-hmm. of the top targets, but you know, in this business, you know, if it was like a normal, I just want to get a job, I would have probably done it at that time. Like if, but with this particular business, if the stations that do what you do don't have any openings, well, you're not gonna get to go back. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those deals where it, it wasn't it, you know it isn't possible. And when you're in the middle of a good job, and I've been lucky, like I've had three radio jobs, right? I mean, here obviously, uh, and this is the longest one now with the second stint, and then obviously sports station here in town and the sports network before that. I've had like great ones that I wasn't trying to get away from, like there weren't any of them where I was like, you know, I can't just do I just can't do this anymore. Uh, in fact, in two cases, they told me they couldn't do it anymore.
6: <laughs> so, yeah.
2: so that part is always yeah. a blast, but I guess if I was a normal job, I probably would have. I probably would have or Miami or, or Miami. That would have been would have been one of three. It would have been Miami, Michigan, or Chicago because that's where the that's where the families are. But when you're you know in, in this in these weird situations where not weird, but in these different situations where you're not where anyone else is. My brother's in this same spot. My brother's in Atlanta. Nobody else is there. Everybody else is spread out. And I don't that's why I'm asking, because as I'm thinking this through while we're talking about it, I'm wondering if it's just something that subconsciously you're either okay with or you've just seen it because my parents, my grandparents were never in the same place as the other. Right. I had grandparents in Florida, grandparents in Pennsylvania. We were in Michigan. And it feels like we've just repeated that. Mm -hmm. Like my brother and I have essentially created that same thing unconsciously, unconsciously, subconsciously. It would be weird to do that unconsciously. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I woke up and I was in it and I...
2: <laughs> I went out on a bar crawl. Next thing I know,
4: I was around
5: nobody
2: that I knew. Went
5: on one of my normal five-day bar crawls. <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right. So, um, obviously, DGS on Monday. Dave is out all week and next week. Uh, Amy is here for another few minutes. Rachel, Andrew, me, I, me, I, I'm here. Uh... Man, English is just tough sometimes. (laughs) Me here. Me here, (laughs) along with friends. Back in a sec. All right, so since we've done some holiday conversation in this hour, let's continue it with Andrew spreading some hate.
4: Here we go. Yeah. Oh,
2: boy. I uh,
5: sparked by a conversation that I had with uh, Amy and Michael in the office uh, earlier. I hate Christmas cards. Hmm. I don't like them. I don't care about them. They're (laughs) junk to me. I receive them. I throw them in the garbage. (laughs) Are you serious? I am disinterested. In re- I've gotten them from family members. I've gotten them from friends. I just, I don't care. Don't give them to me. I don't want them. What, about, what am I supposed to do with them? That's so
4: mean. What about the ones that have like the beautiful family photo on them?
5: Yeah, I look at them and I go like, oh, that's 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 nice. I've, I've, <laughs> but I, I've seen all these people before.
3: But it's funny because you get a basket and you put the cards in a basket. And then it's just a fun reminder of all the and then people it's just in just life. And then well, it's just I, I mean,
5: have enough clutter. I have too much clutter as it is. I don't need your, don't send me your clutter to have. I don't want it.
3: I printed out my clutter for you.
5: Yeah, here you go. I went to I I I I, I told you in the office. I said take the take the person on your list that got cut, <laughs> the last person to get cut from your list, and add them back in and take me off.
3: Oh man! Send <laughs> well, it to them instead. Okay, because well,
5: they're going to want it more than I do.
3: First of all, I loved being a kid and like getting all the Christmas cards and you'd look at all the Why? pictures and because you got to open the mail. Like, Can yes. I open it? And then you'd open it and see the family. However, I remember I said hundreds. It felt like hundreds as a kid, but probably a hundred Christmas cards. I think we get four, maybe three. People used to do it yeah. a lot, right? Is yeah. it just me or did that phenomenon kind of die off? Because yeah, everyone realized it's stupid. I don't
2: I don't have the disdain for other people's t- family photos that Andrew has. It's yeah. fine. But it's—I do think the whole thing is really unnecessary.
4: Oh my gosh, you guys are such scrooges. <laughs> I well, now, look, I why, look, why, why I mean,
2: think about—think well, about seen think my about, friends. <laughs> like, I know what they look but like. More, more than that, we—here's we, where I'm going with this. <laughs> yes. You're, you're going to spend a decent amount of money to make those cards, or even to buy regular cards, and then to put the postage on and send them. Why is that considered a more a better form of communicating with friends and family than an email with a family photo attached to it? Case
5: in point, my best friend sent me a Christmas card, and he put uh, my name and my wife's maiden name on it. Like, that's the level of care and thought that we are Whoops. putting into these Christmas cards, Maybe he
3: people. wanted to just, like, whether they're still together or not. <laughs>
5: <laughs> like, that's
2: the level of interest that we're putting. Because I'm, I'm not going
5: to... send
3: to Andrew, Andrew Stoles or current resident.
2: <laughs> <laughs> because we, we haven't sent out Christmas cards ever. We never did it. We used Starting to Starting when we it. were younger. I mean, my parents did it. I don't know if they still do, but... We have met ne- my wife and I have never done it. I think we did it once when we just got married. And then we're like, this is stupid because oh it's a lot of time. It's and, fun. Uh, I mean, but why? Uh, seriously, though. Yeah. I know that that used to be the primary way that we would communicate with people that were at a distance. But now we text with each other. We, we have emails. You can do all of that. Send photos. In fact, what we end up doing is we share photos on an app. Where we're all getting them. So if somebody uploads a photo, you just get to go see it right there. My sister does it with her daughter all the time. It's how we keep up with each other. Do you think that that is pushing the old school greeting cards to the side? And why wouldn't it? It's It's just the more... Modern way of keeping that communication and connect, connection open.
3: I mean, sure it is. We're not like writing letters like in the Civil War, like, Dearest Mother, here's what I did today. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I get that. Yes, emails are super effective. But when it comes to something that, as you said, doesn't matter, which it, it doesn't as far as survival goes, but a thought, a note going, I'm going, I found this card that has a pretty design on it. I thought of you. I went out of my way because it's like a little gift or a little treat it's unnecessary sure but it means a lot in friendship i'm
4: bringing you both cards tomorrow and i want i want you to throw
3: it away in front of my face
4: i want you to put your money where your mouth is well
2: i just want everybody to text me a meme i'm happy with that
1: (laughs) this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what